The Sunshine Economy has been following how a baker, banker, and bartender have been navigating through the pandemic economy over the past three months. For me, the past three months have been truly exciting. Well, I think life uh, since September has been, this word is so overused, but I'm going to use it anyway, uh, unprecedented. Who? Um, roller coaster ish. <laughs> I'm Tom Hudson. Today on the Sunshine Economy, we listen back to the past three months and hear the ups and downs of three people making their way through the pandemic for their businesses, their families, and themselves. I'm definitely pinching pennies, but I'm getting through it. <laughs> there was like almost two months where we did not have any sales. I am self-quarantining, working from home. It's all ahead after the news. Welcome to the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening and supporting public media. Three months ago, we met Keisha Scott on this program. My name is Keisha Scott. Um, I live in the Boynton Beach area. She is a bartender and server at an Italian restaurant. It was her second job since moving to Palm Beach County from Austin, Texas, about a year and a half ago. Been doing it for 20 years, um, trying to hang in there with all of the... uh, COVID restrictions and, and, you know, keeping my fingers crossed that things just get a little bit busier as the phase progresses. Since we first started speaking with her each week here on the Sunshine Economy, Florida has reopened and loosened restrictions on all kinds of businesses, including allowing bars and restaurants to welcome back customers. But the return of diners and drinkers has not been enough to keep Keisha here in South Florida. Pilar Guzman Zavala and her family had COVID in June. She, her husband, and their two young children recovered, and when we started speaking with her in September, she had pivoted her business, Half Moon Empanadas, to survive the pandemic closures. You know, as an entrepreneur, you are always thinking, you know, what is it that I'm not seeing? What are the risks? What are the things that I could anticipate? But no business could have anticipated the speed and breadth of the economic changes because of the public health crisis brought on by coronavirus. The economy came to a sudden stop in the spring as workers were sent home, travel shut down, companies cut jobs, consumers stayed away, and restrictions were put in place to slow the spread of the virus. I think we were all just kind of in, in disbelief. Is this, is this really uh, you know, happening? And I think it took a little while to kind of sink in. That's Ginger Martin. She's CEO of the American National Bank based in Fort Lauderdale. So it's a different world that we're in right now. It is a different world. Each week on this program, the Sunshine Economy has been following how this banker, baker, and bartender have been navigating through the pandemic economy over the past three months. For me, the past three months have been truly exciting. Well, I think life uh, since September has been, this word is so overused, but I'm going to use it anyway, uh, unprecedented. Who? Um, roller coaster ish. <laughs> there have been ups and downs as these three managed through the pandemic and how it has changed their businesses and themselves. We have not seen anything like this before. It's stressful. There's a stress that we haven't experienced before, both personal and even professionally. I mean, I'm trying to go on with life and, and live, and but it is, it feels very strange, I think, what we've gone through. 
For the banker, Ginger Martin, with American National Bank, it has meant working from home on quarantine for a couple of weeks and keeping a pulse on the bank's loans, demand for loans, and readjusting for the new risk of what COVID means for the regional economy. For the baker, Pilar Guzman Zavala, with Half Moon and Banadas, it has meant suffering through the virus itself, seeing her business threatened, but also opening up new opportunities. I know we're living in a really crazy time, but I think that crazy time allowed me to step outside the box and outside of like the day-to-day and what I was thinking before COVID regarding the business and also my personal life. I have been focusing on, on being just well, you know, healthy, uh, focus on my kids and feeling good with myself. I feel good, you know, I, I actually feel really good. Really just trying our best to be optimistic. For the bartender, Keisha Scott, the pandemic has meant losing one job, finding another, seeing her take-home pay hurt by the restrictions on restaurants, going back to school, and finally deciding with her boyfriend to return to Texas before the end of the year. There's been a lot of, like, downs, but there's one thing. There was a meme that I saw that that's going around that says something along the lines of, you know, plot twist, 2020 is actually the best year of your life. You've had to overcome challenges and you've had to, you know, see yourself and see others um, in that quote unquote 2020 vision. I'm trying to lean on the side of that, that, you know, at the end of the day, like no matter how crazy things got, I feel like everything kind of worked itself out the way that it should, the best that it could. Just the fact that we have the ability to keep moving forward is, is really the best thing to hold on to. This hour, we will listen back to the past three months and hear how the bartender, baker, and banker have gotten through the pandemic economy and what may be in their futures. Still to come, the bartender goes back to school and decides, ultimately, to head back home. I'm definitely pinching pennies, but I'm getting through it. Welcome back to the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks again for listening. Keisha Scott moved to Palm Beach County almost two years ago for a job. She had worked in the restaurant business for two decades in Texas and was working as a manager here. But then COVID-19 hit. We first met Keisha three months ago to hear her story. January and February were just normal months. Um, At the time, I was um, a training and um, hiring manager for another um, company in West Palm Beach. You know, everything was just going as usual, always on a wait, busy, busy, busy. And then March 20th was when um, myself and my management team got furloughed. So it wasn't as scary because, you know, we still had income coming in. And then on Cinco de Mayo, I was actually officially laid off. So I kind of just took that time to do some personal development. I've always been a huge reader, but just never had time to. So it was nice to be able to just do that. Um, And then I have always had this passion for health and fitness. And when the pandemic first hit and everybody was furloughed and the stay at home started, there was a lot of free classes being offered online um, from a lot of major universities and and things like that. So I kind of took advantage of some of those because I had the free time. And and then I just, I don't know, I just woke up one day and I, and I was like, you know what, I really should just 
start getting certified in, in wellness. And, and I, I, as a training manager and being a trainer in the hospitality business, I've always considered myself somewhat of a life coach. <laughs> so I kind of decided to just start looking into what that path could look like because obviously the hospitality business is not going to be the same. It's not the same <laughs> at all. I just started to go into that lane. So I got a certification as a nutrition coach. I'm trying to kind of create another path as much as I love being in the hospitality business. Um, it's just, I, I just don't see it being what we all, you know, what we all miss. <laughs> that was in early September. Keisha added another certification to her resume, personal training, as she told us the last week of that month. I passed my exam. <laughs> I felt really confident when I woke up and then about two, three minutes before the exam, like my hands started to get clammy, you know, and I started to get nervous, like, oh my God, like, I don't remember anything. <laughs> this is going to be awful. And then I ended up just blowing through it. So I hit that button and just crossed my fingers. And then it came back saying that I passed. <laughs> After I took it, I just kind of put it into perspective, you know, and the last seven months, as uncertain as they have been, I just managed to complete two, you know, science-based certifications. It's not that it was easy, but it was easy to attain because I had the time. So I'm lucky enough to not have had like a crazy negative experience during all the pandemic. So I've got my certification in nutrition coaching um, and then my certification as a personal trainer as well. And now that I have both of them, I just... And now I'm just, I'm just ready to kind of hit the ground running and, and set myself up for 2021. I'm going to start creating my, my little business wall, my vision board that I call it, but it's really the whole wall of my dining room <laughs> that I've also turned into an office. So <laughs> I just started a brand new resume and I'll be working on that with my mom um, and just looking into some local wellness centers and gyms that could be interested in bringing on a novice trainer, you know, even if it's on an internship part-time just to get my foot in the door. So definitely moving a little faster than anticipated. <laughs> the job that first brought Keisha to Boynton Beach from Texas disappeared in early May as the restrictions on restaurants wore on. By the summer, as some of the limits were lifted, she was able to find a new job. And that's where she was when Governor Ron DeSantis lifted most of the remaining restrictions on restaurants in late September. During the shift, my manager came up and said something to us. And he was like, we're about to add all the chairs. And so we added all the chairs back. It didn't change anything for me, being that there was nobody in there to begin with. But it's exciting. We'll see how it goes. Two weeks later, a stretch of time that included President Trump hospitalized after testing positive for COVID-19, here's how she described working at the restaurant. It's been a little worse <laughs> than before. I think with opening at full capacity, it's done two things. It's either kept people that were coming in because of the distancing away because they're afraid of too many people. And it's bringing in people that just really have absolutely no awareness for others. <laughs> and, you know, people are just thinking, oh, 100% capacity, that means that it's back to normal and it's not. So 
when you have the mask on and you're trying to speak with people and it's just hard to for them to hear you, you know, on top of the music and the wind and all the things. And like, for instance, I had a guest at the bar and he could not hear anything I was asking him. So I just slightly pulled my mask away from my mouth so he could hear me. And he yelled at me to put my mask on, but I never moved the mask from my face. I just pulled it so he could, you know, hear. And and then you have other people that are like, take your mask off. I want to see your face. So it's like, <laughs> there's no win. <laughs> On one side of it, you're trying to be aware of like a very, you know, real virus that has done some really bad things. And on the other hand, it just it's so political and it just makes it that much harder and almost almost a hostile environment at the end of the day. You know, I have no choice but to keep good spirits about it because I can't go in with a different attitude or else I really won't make any money. It's just different. It's it's just very difficult. I'm in a I'm in a in Palm Beach County where there's a lot of support for the current president, and you know, with him being in the hospital, that's kind of just it. It, it didn't even flip the switch, honestly. <laughs> it's the same people, so I don't. I just feel like regardless of what the outcome is, it's going to be a thing where cool. You don't need your your mask to work, you know, or you don't need your mask for for this or it's 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 really just if it's in the air it's in the air if you can take your mask off as soon as you take a seat at a table or a seat at the bar then what is the difference behind me working <laughs> behind the bar i just hope that it gets better i'm positive i'm optimistic that it that it will you know there's always going to be somebody but it's it's uh we're all kind of on pins and needles at the moment for me and my health, I don't necessarily feel like I'm in any kind of like dangerous position. Um, I mean, I don't, I keep my distance with guests whenever I'm around them anyway. Even if I have to approach them at the table, I do my best to stay as far away as possible. I don't go in contact with anybody else. So I'm pretty good in that light. Still just very, very much so mixed messaging in there. By late October, Keisha and her boyfriend, Kenny, had come to a decision about their future in South Florida. They were going to leave, a decision driven partly by the higher cost of living here compared to where they moved from and where they are headed back to, Austin, Texas. Kenny and I, my boyfriend and I, decided that we were going to go back home to Austin. Um, And that's where most of his family is. Um, So... You know, all the support there. And then, you know, my tribe, my friends are all there. Some that we've been discussing for quite some time, but just wasn't sure, you know, how to go about it, whether or not it was a good idea. Do we have the time? Do we have the energy? All of that fun stuff. And then I think just with everything just kind of aligning and the week that I had last week just wasn't really my best. (laughs) it just made me really feel like I just, I feel out of my element and I just need to be placed back into my element. When I left Texas initially, you know, to take the job, I said to myself, you know, this is either going to work out or it's not. But if I don't do it, I'll just be sitting here wondering what would have happened if I did do it. You know, so that's why we decided to take the leap and me take the job and relocate here. And and then when we moved here, we were like, yeah, this definitely isn't for us, but got the job. And then the job started to turn out to not really be what it was meant to be. And then I lost all quality of life. And then like the pandemic hit and then it was like, all right, cool. So square one. 
we're already paying way more now than we were in a place there. I mean, we're living in a one bedroom here for the same price I was paying for a three bedroom there. So, <laughs> so financially, we knew it was going to, you know, be much better because, you know, I'm not making the same amount of money now than I was when we initially moved here. And I actually kind of took a bit of a pay cut because I went salary instead of, you know, just bartending to to move here in general. With the pandemic, um, you know, when you're having to get a job, you know, the bills don't never change. <laughs> you know, they that that's still based off the salary. So we had to take that into consideration. But he's got work with his brother and I can go back to the bar that I was at. We're gonna we're paying less in rent and you know making more money, so it's it'll be easier for us to get back on track and back to where we feel comfortable enough to just you know just get our life back in order. And so, bartender Keisha Scott and her boyfriend will be moving back to Texas next month. Still to come, the banker of our banker baker bartender navigating the pandemic economy. I continue to have this question: What's the future going to look like? This is the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast by searching Sunshine Economy on your podcast app. And then, of course, hitting subscribe. Today, we're hearing from three people we've been talking with each week on the program about how they're getting along in the pandemic economy. Ginger Martin's job allows her a view of the region few others have. She's CEO at American National Bank. It concentrates on commercial real estate and small business lending, two important industries in South Florida. When we first started speaking with her in September, the regional unemployment rate was just over 10%. That was an improvement from the springtime, but still almost four times what it was a year earlier. Small business is so important as far as the economic engine in the local community. We forget maybe that there's more small businesses than there are the you know the, the, the huge ones. And we're very focused on seeing those small businesses, you know, survive and thrive. Of course, I think that some of those businesses have been very, very hard hit during this whole COVID situation. And yet, you know, we also see some of those that are doing, you know, very well, which we're very, you know, glad to, you know, to hear. In January, I think that we were all so optimistic because all the numbers for Florida as a state and then specifically South Florida were strong. You know, we had people moving in, businesses were growing, people were really saying, hey, 2020 is going to be a, a great year in South Florida. When you figure they started you know, shutting down the businesses, and I think we were all just kind of in, in disbelief. Is this is this really uh, you know happening? And I think it took I think it took a little while to kind of sink in that it was happening. And then as it got more intense, and the magnitude and the people who were you know losing you know jobs and paychecks and just all the ramifications from that, and, and then businesses that are saying, hey, we're not even going to re open again because we, you know, we can't afford it. And then those that tried to reinvent themselves and re-engineer themselves for the environment. So there's really been a lot of things going on when it comes to uh, 
this small business community. One of the things that we did, as well as a lot of other banks did, is that we did give loan customers that whole option of a 90-day uh, deferral, payment deferral, where they didn't have to make any payments uh, on their loans. So try to just give them some breathing room because of the fact that things were so uncertain and some of them were closed and people were sheltering in place. So therefore, you know, activity wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't happening. People were very appreciative of having that uh, that break and and an opportunity to kind of re-engineer themselves and, and plan and shift and pivot uh, all those words that we've i think uh, ha have heard during this this last several months um, and then we've been very fortunate that the majority of those businesses with that 90-day payment delay have been able to say hey you know, we think that now we're ready to be able to start paying, you know, continue pay, making those loan payments. One program that has helped was the Federal Paycheck Protection Program. These were loans made through banks to companies with the goal of keeping people on payroll instead of laying them off. American National Bank made about 500 of these loans worth a total of $77 million. These loans are forgivable if companies follow certain rules. But for weeks, Ginger was waiting for rules from the federal government about how the companies receiving the money can apply to have those loans forgiven. Then she got an email the first week of October. Thursday night, uh, something happened with the Small Business Administration, SBA. I woke up to it Friday morning. Uh, first email I saw, they finally approved a lower limit on the PPP loans, the Payroll Protection Program loans, that if you have a loan 50000 or under, you're going to have a very simplified, you know, application. It's still going to benefit so many of our, you know, customers. In fact, I tell you what, first thing I did Friday morning was uh, say, okay, how many loans of, of our 500 loans do we have that were under 50000 for PPP? And that's uh, around 240, 250. So it's almost half of them. And the other good news that happened is that we see that the SBA has finally taken some of these PPP loans off of pending status that have been submitted for approval. And they've accepted the application. So that means at least it's moving down the, the pipe for forgiveness. I think that people are going to sleep better when they get that notice from their bank that your loan was forgiven. You do not have to pay you know, it back. Because right now, uh, it's still, you know, it, it was just a promise. I mean, it was an expectation. But I think customers are going, you know, they, they, they're ready to have that forgiveness stamp put on it, right? And to put that behind them and to feel like they're done so they can go on to other things. And, you know, until we get all these loans processed for forgiveness, that still becomes a big thing on my to-do list, you know, my team's to-do list. Um, so it's, it's, it's completion, like um, closure. By late October, Ginger shared with us her bank was considering several million dollars of new loans, a sign of optimism for her, even as there continue to be signs that businesses are still struggling. One good news, I got a just an update from my lending team, and we have 14 new uh, deals in underwriting. So that means that we've got these loan requests, we've got all the information, uh, financial information that we need to submit those for the credit uh, department to see, uh, you know, if they would really qualify. And it's, it represents about $22 million. We've got like three churches, 
Um, we've got some non-residential construction. Uh, we've got a couple of HELOCs, so the home equity, you know, line of credit, and then about four term loans, and then just a couple of business, you know, lines of, of credit. So I, we kind of have a, you know, a mix uh, in there. So that was very uh, good news. But, you know, one thing I did want to share with you, I met with a longtime customer this week. He's been with American National Bank 20 years and successful, you know, business. And I basically have been telling you, oh, you know, my customers seem to be doing fine and, and we see people seem to be recovering, et cetera. And this was not this uh, customer's story. And I actually got permission to use uh, his, his name. And it's Butterfly World. Butterfly World has been in business for 34 years, and they've got uh, 35, you know, f- you know, full-time, you know, employees. And of course, they were closed down for the four months because of COVID, and they're really having a tough time. And uh, he shared with me that they've actually dropped their admission price from $32 to, you know, to 16. Uh, but the, you know, just even this rain that they've had, uh, they need about. 300 people uh, to break even because they've got $8,000 worth of overhead to cover on a daily basis. And when I think about what Butterfly World means to Broward County, just the educational benefit and all they've done for the schools, uh, I think it's a draw from a tourist you know, standpoint. And it's, it's sure sad to hear that he's not for sure he's going to be able to make it. I want to share both the, the good and the challenging, and so this customer is definitely concerned. In early November, Ginger was working from home, following the protocols she herself put in place at her bank for employees who may have come into contact with someone infected with COVID-19. Ginger's college-age daughter had tested positive. Here's what I really experienced. You, know, you have all these decisions that you have to make that uh, that may be you don't really think about until you are in that that position of like, okay, now, you know, what am I going to do? And like, just even this whole waiting, the quarantine, you know, how long, you know, is it 10 days? Is it 14 days? You know, when do I go get tested? But then as, as a business person, in fact, I have a, one, of, one of my bank customers who uh, had tested po- uh, positive and she's in the healthcare uh, you know, industry and just telling her employees, uh, calling some of her uh, patients, it's it's not a, it's a very um, you almost feel like you're a leper, and and yet this whole COVID is the world that we're in right now, and I think you know a lot more people are going to we're not done experiencing it that's for sure. I was on a phone call with a consultant and my team at the bank, so my my team at the bank's all in the. They're in the boardroom, and then we got the consultant that's from California, and I'm I'm sitting, uh, you know, at home. But we did do uh, some strategic planning as far as 2021, and it's interesting. One thing that we did, and we were looking at our risk appetite, and on every category, we had to say, all right, how has this pandemic impacted our risk appetite, and how we're doing business, and what's what's that going to look like in 2021? We're mindful. We've got our eyes open to it. But thankfully, it's not changing our business model. Ginger Martin is back in her office at American National Bank in Fort Lauderdale after her quarantine. She did not catch the virus, and she says her daughter is recovering. 
Ginger is the banker of our banker, baker, bartender trio we've been hearing from each week. Still to come, the baker seeing the way through the pandemic economy. I can't complain, and, and that's what gives me peace to be doing other things, you know, that I see the company is strong. We're back on the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Before the pandemic, Pilar Guzman Zavala had big plans for her company this year, Half Moon Empanadas. January 2020, uh, we had 13 locations open. Uh, We have almost um, 100 employees um, and 11 managers in our staff. We were very aggressive at our plans of scaling the business nationally in airports. You know, we thought that maybe this uh, 2020 was going to be a little bit more of a, of a national scale in the company. Instead, it's been, you know, after COVID, it's been pausing a little bit that those plans, uh, not quitting on them, but just pausing them and understanding that, you know, it's going to be more slow because airports are slow right now. I think it, it accelerated uh, our plans to do more digital sales. So delivery and ordering online for our kitchen location. And we had thought about that, but we had put plans on the side for that because we were focusing on airports. So I guess COVID brought the urgency for us to focus on that more. That was in September when we first heard from Pilar. She had successfully guided her company through the first six months of the pandemic at the time. Most of their locations had closed. The Miami Beach Convention Center closed. Universities had sent students home in the spring, and traffic ground to a halt at her locations inside Miami International Airport. She pivoted her main kitchen on East 79th Street in Miami to make meals for seniors in Miami-Dade County. That secured a county contract helping bring in revenue. So we had to rent trucks. Uh, we had to learn about logistics and timing and how you package the meals in a way that they don't spill. So we became um, a company making empanadas. We, we still do empanadas for our four stores, but we really are doing meals for seniors these days. Most of the businesses cannot survive, you know, because of, of your, your runway and your cash flow it doesn't allow it. I was very concerned about that uh, because we made some investments last year many, many things in 2019. So my cash flow wasn't that good. There was like almost two months where we did not have any sales. So the first month we need to make a decision. Do we lay off people until we get the help or do we sustain this? And I just thought it it was the right thing to do. You know, your team is what makes your company. So we decided to continue to have everybody employed. I have a long-term view. You know, I want to be able to past this crisis, the next six months, hopefully, and have still a company. And so if you don't have your people, your team, then you won't have a company. So for me, this is a strategy to sustain the business. And she's been able to do just that while returning to her vision to grow her company. That took an important step forward in early October when more than a year of work came to fruition and Half Moon Empanadas launched a rebranding effort. It was a great um uh, beginning of the month, uh, we uh, finally launched the new brand uh, that we had been working for 14 months in the design of it. And then the last month, it's been uh, working on the execution um, of the changing the, the stores and, um, 
and the website and everything that goes into branding. Um, so it was lots of hours of work and a lot of stress. It was really great. Did it live up to my expectations? Uh, yes, everything except the website. I have to be honest. <laughs> um, I am very pleased with the result of the of the mural. We we built a, a huge, you know, sort of new mural in the kitchen. We had an artist from Mexico design it, and then somebody from Venezuela here in Miami to actually paint it. So that is gorgeous, and I'm very pleased with with that. Uh, the website it looks really nice. It's not executed right. It is working. You can place orders, uh, but it's not a hundred percent like for me it should be. I know we spent a lot of money for these circumstances to change everything. Maybe you know, if I were to put an, a number now, I don't know, over twenty-five thousand, I would think. And the investment is coming from our own, you know, profit from last year. So our, the, the whole money that the company produced is what we're investing. The 25000 that I told you, it's only on the actual painting the mural, changing the brand, like the actual, you know, um, changing stuff. But the brand, developing the brand was, you know, four times that, you know, and that was money that we put out of our pocket, our, you know, profit for the company. Because we believe that that's the way to grow, you know, reinvesting in the company. You know, I'm hoping that we, we need to be smart about continuing the momentum, right? And so... That's where I'm right now, like, okay, what's the next step and the next step for the next month? By late October, Pilar was busy looking at spaces to open a couple of new locations by early 2021, exploring an expansion into frozen empanadas, and she had pitched opening an outlet far away from South Florida inside Denver International Airport. The presentation went really, really well. It was pretty positive, yes. Uh, so we got really good feedback from the judges. You know, there was supposed to be a 20-minute Q&A, and it ended up being, you know, like a 10-minute Q&A because they were, I mean, they all had really good comments, you know, before they even there, uh, made their questions. So it was really, you know, comforting to see that what I am seeing, which is, you know, my concept is perfect for airports, other people in the industry are also seeing. So I'm very encouraged today. It makes me feel happy and, and you know, it's like I, I took a moment to kind of observe and, and be grateful because usually I'm not. Uh, I usually go on to the next thing and I took a run after the presentation um, and I, I, I was actually thinking, you know, in 2013 is when we did the presentation for Miami Airport and I remember how stressed I was, how like it was like huge energy and stressful and then seeing, seeing the presentation, you know, with, with Denver, it was, I was a totally different person, like much more mature, you know, more secure, um, you know, the concept is more solid. So, you know, the evolution of things is what, it's, you know, gives me energy and, and, and it brings me hope for, for this, the scaling the business. After COVID, you know, with, you know, maybe a couple of months or three months after COVID, like around June, we kind of got like an idea of, okay, this is going to be our year. And what we projected to be, it's actually been a little bit better than what we projected. And so, you know, I, I, I can't complain. And, and that's what gives me peace to be doing other things, you know, that I see the company is strong and it's organized and, it's, and people know what they're supposed to be doing. 
Pilar Guzman Zavala with Half Moon Empanadas. She is the banker of the banker, baker, bartender we've been checking in with each week since September. So still to come, the latest with the three of them. Well, the good news, <laughs> it's a great news. I think it's one of the best news I've gotten in many years. We are you know, considering COVID and every deal that we're looking at. It's tough. It's difficult. You know, we're moving in the middle of a pandemic, so <laughs> it's definitely not easy. We're back on the Sunshine Economy here on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks, as always, for supporting public media. Don't forget, you can find us all over social media. Look for WLRN on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to follow us. Also, look for a podcast of this program by searching Sunshine Economy on your podcast app and then hitting subscribe. You won't miss a week. For three months, we've been checking in with the banker, baker, and bartender, hearing how they're getting along here in the pandemic economy. The pandemic itself is in the ninth month, and while unemployment has bounced back a little bit here in South Florida, there are more than 300,000 fewer jobs now compared to February. A lot of people in the South Florida economy continue struggling. This region is among the highest in the nation dealing with food insecurity, folks missing rent or mortgage payments, and people losing income. All of this is according to data collected every two weeks during the pandemic by the U.S. Census Bureau. Pilar Guzman Zavala's optimism is growing, though. She's the co-owner of Half Moon Empanadas with her husband. They have led the company through the dark days in the springtime when most of its outlets were closed. She ran empanada stands inside the Miami Beach Convention Center and on campus at UM and FIU. Those were closed in the springtime. In addition, she has two stores at Miami International Airport. She put on hold her plans to grow the company this year for several months back in the springtime. But now she's looking to open at least two new locations here in South Florida early next year. She also submitted a proposal to open a new spot 2,000 miles away from Miami inside Denver International Airport. That's the fifth busiest airport in the United States. When we caught up with Pilar on Friday, she had finally heard back from the Denver officials. Well, the good news, <laughs> it's a great news. I think it's one of the best news I've gotten in many years is that we actually won uh, the contract uh, in Denver Airport. So we will be opening a half moon empanadas in, in one of the most important airports in the country. So I'm, I'm truly, truly excited. I, 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 I still I don't believe it. We got an email and the email said, you know, we want to let you know that your your concept was chosen for... RFP, blah, 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 space, blah, blah, blah. As I was reading it, I was in my home office and I was like, what is this? Like, I'm like, wow, this is from Denver. And so I run to the other side of the house where my husband has his office. I start screaming. I go like, Juan, we won, we won, like like crazy. And Juan is like, what? what? He's looking at me like, what? I'm like, we won Denver. And so then my daughter, it's, it's very funny. I think I'll remember that day. Uh, my daughter comes in. She was online schooling and she comes in. She's six years old and she's heard me screaming. She starts crying because she thinks something happened to me. And I go, no, 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 mommy. All is good. All is good. I'm just screaming because I'm happy. And then my son comes in. 
because he heard the, the screaming and I see him and I just start crying, crying like a baby. I couldn't control myself. My kids were hugging me and then Juan was just like high-fiving me. He, he, he couldn't get, you know, he couldn't grasp it either. It felt really, really good because it, it just, I felt, I don't know if you say this, but I, I, I felt vindicated. Like, you know, I'm like, okay, I've been chasing this airport strategy for the past three or four years. My husband looked at me for many, many times saying, is she really, is, is that the right track? It worked for at least one more airport. And so that puts us in a different place. You know, like we're going to be now a regional company in airports, not only a South Florida company. And so that is just opens so many doors with other airports and operators. So it's, it's huge. Not only that they win in the contract, but the vision for the company is just opens a huge door. I mean, I, at least I see that. This is the second time we competed in Denver. Uh, the first time we got rejected. You know, you have to go through that in order to learn. I mean, I don't regret doing any of that. I already have the work for the next five years, you know, written down <laughs> in a piece of paper. Uh, I'm like, okay, so how is this going to work for the next five years? And so it, it really opens your mind, you know, so that's, that's the, the fun part. Pilar Guzman Zavala with Half Moon Empanadas. Now, she, her husband, and two young kids all caught COVID over the summer. She said she was scared during the first two days they had the virus, and they have recovered. It's just a reminder, like, you gotta, you gotta stay in the present and value your health. You know, like, I'm running every day now, I'm training for a marathon, I'm eating healthy, and, and those things are just, you know, strengths for you, you know, mentally and, and internally in your body. I know we're living in a really crazy time. But I think that crazy time allowed me to step outside the box and outside of like the day to day and what I was thinking before COVID regarding the business and also my personal life. Ginger Martin had a brush with the virus in early November. Her college age daughter tested positive. Ginger is the CEO at American National Bank in Fort Lauderdale. Since her daughter lived at home, Ginger self-quarantined as she helped take care of her daughter. She worked from home for a couple of weeks as the banking business continued. Glad to report she is absolutely fine and has uh, been symptom-free for you know the past four or five days, other than the sense of taste and smell, but the, they said that that could linger. I also am just very grateful. I never got any of the symptoms, and I actually went and got tested myself, tested negative. And so now I'm just finishing up my quarantine uh, days before I go back to the bank. So I'll be back in the bank on uh, Monday. And I was able to really work from home and um, not miss a beat there. But, I, you know, I watched the news and wow, um, kind of the exploding numbers we're seeing across the United States is is somewhat sobering. So I'm I'm thankful that you know, I kind of dodged that bullet, but there's so many other people that are still struggling. And I've got that whole concern, even as a business person, boy, what this could do to some of these small businesses that have just uh, already struggled. So um, we're, we're not out of this yet. As far as our customers and even just really some of the new loans that we've been underwriting and that we'll be taking to our board, you know, next week. In fact, I signed a, a whole whole pile of those those loans still look good. The demand looks good. Here's what we're doing in every one of our write-ups. Uh, we're talking about COVID. If if uh, this is a risk to this industry, and so we are, you know, considering COVID and every deal that we're looking at. Again, we go back to the restaurants, uh, the hospitality. 
boy, what's going to happen, you know, the cruise line, the hotels, if we get in another situation of, of being, uh, you know, locked down. Now, there is talk, of course, about an additional, you know, stimulus. I hope that we, you know, do see some of that for business people because business people, there are in certain industries that are still definitely hurting. One of the loans I specifically looked at uh, was a retail, you know, strip center. He was very fortunate that his tenants, two of them were restaurants, one of them a spa, none of them shut down during this, this last turnaround. But then when I'm looking at this loan, I'm going, well, are they going to be that lucky next time? And of course, that is for the business itself. And then for that owner of that property who we have the loan to as far as, uh, you know, could that change? So I'm not seeing anything right now in my part, small part of the market. Um, but I think we just have to keep our eyes open. And then it's, it's a thing too, it's that balance between health and the economics. We could be looking at some tough times with this. As a veteran banker, Ginger Martin has seen a lot of different economies, including the Great Recession more than a decade ago. This pandemic economy, though, is different for so many reasons. The biggest difference is that the drop-off in business and sharp jump in uncertainty is caused by a public health emergency. It wasn't an economic event that led to the recession. It was a virus. Right. We have not seen anything like this before. It's stressful. There's a stress that we haven't experienced before, both personally and even professionally. I mean, I'm trying to go on with life and, and live, and but it is, it feels very strange, I think, what we've gone through. And still are going through. Business has yet to return for so many in the hospitality industry. After all, cruise ships remain docked. Several states are returning to business restrictions as COVID-19 infections and hospitalizations rise again. Hotel occupancy here in this region remains a fraction of what it normally is, and business is just not normal. Keisha Scott knows this firsthand. She's a bartender at an Italian restaurant in Boynton Beach. She is still working, but for only the next couple of weeks, because she and her boyfriend will be moving back to Austin, Texas in December. Keisha just let most of her friends know about her plans this past week on social media. I actually did a post on my Facebook countdown saying it was officially one month till I moved into the apartment because I didn't tell anybody. So that was actually my public announcement that I was moving back to Austin. Um, you know, it's tough. It's difficult. You know, we're moving in the middle of a pandemic, so <laughs> it's definitely not easy, but it's doable. You just have to take some steps back and kind of breathe a little bit. I feel like tensions have just gotten a little high with some of the customers. There was actually an incident where I guess the guests didn't realize that, you know, we were at 100% capacity, although it's been that way for, I don't even know, almost two months now. A couple sat next to him and he just lost it. <laughs> and I had to explain to him, like, sir, I'm sorry, but there's nothing I can do. Like, they, people can sit at any seat. You're more than welcome to sit at a table. And he just wasn't having it. Eventually, I got him to calm down and he did not leave the bar. But he was just really upset that we were at 100% capacity. And I was like, well, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, sir. <laughs> I keep a small little hand sanitizer in my pocket now rather than just trying to go and use the one that we have like, like at the host stand. Because they didn't shut anything down for Halloween. So it was kind of like, well, you know, it's like we closed everything for 
Fourth of July, Memorial Day, you know, and all those other big gathering days. But for Halloween, we were like, all right, everybody run wild downtown, have fun, <laughs> wear a mask. As she keeps working and managing diners through the rules of the restaurant, and even as she packs up and gets ready to return home to Austin, Keisha does not regret her time in South Florida. With uncertainty and just trying our, just really just trying our best to be optimistic. There's been a lot of like downs, but there's one thing, there was a meme that I saw that that's going around that says something along the lines of, you know, plot twist, 2020 is actually the best year of your life. You've had to overcome challenges and you've had to, you know, see yourself and see others um, in that quote unquote 2020 vision. I'm trying to lean on the side of that, that, you know, at the end of the day, like no matter how crazy things got, I feel like everything kind of worked itself out the way that it should, the best that it could. Just the fact that we have the ability to keep moving forward is is really the best thing to hold on to. That's bartender Keisha Scott in Boynton Beach, at least for the next couple of weeks until she returns home to Austin, Texas. She is the bartender of our bartender banker baker trio that we've been speaking to about each week over the past three months. And we'll continue speaking with them in the weeks ahead. You can follow us on Twitter at WLRN is our handle. Podcasts are the program available on the podcast apps and look for posts on Facebook and on Instagram. Joe Johnson is our technical director. Polly Landis is our booking producer. Katie Lepre is our engagement editor. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening.